I think this chapter for me is really like about doing less and being more. You're listening to the Super Expander Podcast. Aligned goals are pivotal for expansion. You don't need me to tell you that. But what happens when your flame weakens? What really happens when it totally goes out? Reignite Your Goals starts with awakening to the emotions that pull you further and further away. Letting go of your shame, denial, and frustration, and figuring out why your body is resisting your goals are the key to success. Regulate your nervous system, release the blocks, and reassess your path forward because your goals are ready to be reset and reignited. Mickey Agrawal is a social entrepreneur known for breaking taboos and disrupting the status quo. She was named Fast Company's Most Creative People, Young Global Leader by World Economic Forum, Social Entrepreneur of the Year by the World Technology Summit, and one of Inc. Magazine's Most Impressive Women Entrepreneurs. Mickey is the founder of several acclaimed social enterprises, notably Thinks Period Proof Underwear, Tushy, Modern Bidet Brand, and Wild, New York City's gluten-free pizza concept. She most recently founded Tushy, Hello Tushy, a company that is revolutionizing the North American toilet category with modern, affordable designer bidet attachments that both upgrades human health and hygiene as well as the environment from wasteful toilet paper consumption. She and her team are also helping fight the global sanitation crisis by bringing clean latrines to underserved communities in India through their partnership, Samagra, as well as funding resoiling and reforestry projects all throughout South America. Mickey has written two books, Do Cool Shit, Quit Your Day Job, Start Your Own Business, and Live Happily Ever After, and Disrupt Her, a manifesto for the modern woman, both of which made the Amazon bestseller list. Mickey is an identical twin, half Japanese, half Indian, French Canadian, former professional soccer player, and a graduate of Cornell University, and a proud mama to Hero Happy. Hello, hello, super expanders. Welcome back to the show. I am just bursting out of my skin. So excited. Maybe having a little bit of a fangirl moment all at the same time because I am sitting here with the one, the only, Mickey Agrawal. Hello. (laughs) My goodness. I'm so excited. So I've been following along on your journey for a really long time. And in fact, my daughter lives in Brooklyn. And two years ago, when we moved in, we walked down the street because she's gluten-free and we walked into this really amazing place called Wild. Do you know it? (laughs) (laughs) And after we ate there and the food knocked our socks off and we became a regular, somewhere along the line, I found out, I didn't even know when we walked in there that you were the founder. And I was like, oh my gosh, Jordan, you know, hello, Tushy. And thanks. Like, oh my gosh, it, this is, we just ate there. Can you believe that? Maze, how's your daughter? She is about to turn 24. What? Yes. Were you like 12 when you had her? <laughs> I was young. I was in college, but yeah. Wait, so is is that so funny? She she just graduated recently from Parsons School of Design, loves New York and wanted to stay. But yeah, she's just down the street from the, the location right there in Park Slope. 
That's awesome. Wow. What a cool thing to be a young mom. Yeah. And you know what? It wasn't as cool as it is now when it first began, when I was, <laughs> when I was 20 with a baby, it was not the coolest thing, but you know, that's such as the journey enough about my journey. Let's dive in to yours because I, I just need to know, and I, I can't even believe I actually get to ask you who you are on a soul level, but that's where we're going. We're going deep. And I can't believe I get to ask you that. <laughs> okay. So who am I on a soul level? I mean, just comes up to me. What come what comes to me is just love. And I think, um, I think that's all, that's who we all are. And I, and I, you know, I've been really, really pondering the concept of what is soul love. You know, I, I actually just came out with an album called soul gaze which, you know, was sort of a story, kind of like I call it a dance opera, an eight song album around um, around sort of the wild melange of love and how love exists in so many forms and how it's all okay. Like love can be deep, profound. Love can be light and easy. Love can be like frustrating and angry. And I just came out of my 11 year marriage uh, and, and it was a really feel like we had a successful marriage for the 11 years we were married it was we had a great beginning a middle and an end and I think the thing that I really really long for is this soul level love like how far how deep how present can two people get to each other and and really really learn each other like the most profound instrument uh, of one another right and so to bring out like the most profound soulful music from one another and so I think that's like what I'm really pondering right now and really thinking about. So it's love. Yeah. So I actually saw a quote on, on your feed and I was like, I feel that seduce my mind and you can have my body, find my soul and I'm yours forever. And when I saw that, first of all, I got chills mm -hmm. and I was listening actually to your album when I saw it. And I feel like that, I mean, you, you really captured so much of that in in the music that you produced. Yeah, I mean, this, this, I mean, I wrote 17 songs as, as I was coming out of my marriage through the separation into the final uncoupling. And it was like, you know, there was all the moments, right? It's the longing, the yearning, the like the desire coupled with the frustration, the anger, you know, the try, let's just try it again. And, and, you know, it would just sort of lead to the final, to the full acceptance of, I've changed, you've changed, and it's okay. Like there's this acceptance. It's almost like the stages of a relationship and how they're all beautiful. Like there's no, sometimes people are like, oh, you're like, I'm so sorry, you're out of your marriage. Are you okay? And it's just like, no, we had an amazing chapter together. And sometimes people go through chapters together because they're growing together. And some people, they, they have this one epic chapter together and then you keep going. And, you know, I think like, the chapter that I that I had in the past was really double clicking on building community together, like just taking a lot of action together, a lot of doing, having our beautiful baby who you'll meet shortly, <laughs> uh, you know, and just just building community, just building a lot of building alongside one another and championing one another. I think this chapter for me is really like about doing less and being more in relationship, mm -hmm. right? Like, what is it so that my song do less be more? is really that longing of just like, what does that look like? It's something like this to eye gaze for minutes, feel the plump of your lips. It's laying back, laying back, no world's rest rolling, but feeling allowing the now to pour in. So the idea is like, like, like the now it's like, what is the now? What does it feel like for you just to sit there and allowing the now to pour in? Like, what is that? 
what does that look like and feel like when there's just nothing to do but being pure to be but be purely present with one another and I yeah so so I think this this chapter is really about doing less being more still building all the things I'm building but in a much smarter way more resource today than I was when I first started my journey 20 years ago and so entrepreneurial journey that is and so I think there's such a opportunity to build in a different way while still being deeply present in my next relationship. <laughs> I have to ask the journey of the the doing or like arriving at this place of doing less being more. This multi multifaceted question. The part how did you know inside of your marriage that it was it was time like that acceptance of this chapter it's time to close this in this regard and open up a new chapter because that's I mean you get to go co-parent and and continue that relationship in a different a different context so for you how how did you know like because I think that there can be this like gripping and, and wanting to force right and that's when we're when we're in the doing we were in the forcing so often how did you know that it was time to yeah to- shift out of my marriage um I think it was just like we were we just weren't seeing eye to eye in what we desired how we desired to be in relationship I think you know I grew up with a pretty you know three sisters parents like super tight family family dinner every night like very very tight he grew up with two parents who were not together which is totally fine as we are not now together ourselves and the way they gave him love was just letting him kind of be free and do whatever he wants, whenever he wants, which is one beautiful way of doing it. We just are very different in the way we approach relationships and love for him. It's freedom. And for me, it's like close togetherness. I'm an identical twin. And so like, so I think like, as we had a family and as we you know started, we had a hero and our kid and started sort of building our lives, I think, and with COVID, I think COVID really kind of amplified what were the challenges for us, which was like, for me, it was a longing for doing less and being more. And for him was just, you know, wanting to, to continue and just, you know, have, have a ton of freedom. Right. So we just have different, you know, I'm free in family. He is, you know, he really, really, you know, aspires to, to have, you know, ultimate freedom. So um, which is great, you know, they're just different. So I think for me, like, I just knew that like, if I want to go so deep and all the way down and all the way into the soul of another, that it would have to be in a different context with someone else. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Okay. And so the coming to this doing less and being more, and I ask this because it's definitely an evolution and a journey that I'm in the midst of. And that concept that I've been thinking about and, and really thinking is that, you know, this I think we arrive at that place after trying to move the mountain for so long. And I think yeah. that's that this area of, of youth that when we start to like move out of our you know, 20s and 30s and move into that era of, of our 40s, when you reach, especially as, as high achievers, right? You, I think that there's this idea of really consistently feeling like you have to conquer the mountain and you get to the top of the mountain so many different times and you keep really like, but wait, hold on. There's another peak. Do I have to move this one too? Yeah. Exactly. So there's just like the more and more and more and more. And it's like, it's like that, or let me just take a pause, ask myself like matters, what do I value? And then build my life around that. Right. And so for me, I value creation, creating, like being in the constant 
creative process around being inspired and creating from a place of from from place of in inspire inspiration and uh, and also really really sort of you know taking in the juice of the fruit you know and like being super super present to like moment to moment just joys of life and 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 being in communion with someone requires that level of slowness and presence and softness and the desire on both sides for to go as deep as possible and to go as like how deep and how far can two people go together? And I think like that's the most worthwhile quest I could think of, right? Absolutely. Okay, so before we hit record, we were just talking a little bit about a journey that you took to Costa Rica. So I have to ask, in that journey of spending, like you said, 30 days that you were there kind of doing doing your own thing while you were there with your son and you were spending time there, you had a really long chunk of time that was on your own. So what I have, what I when you were telling me about it, what I started thinking was, as you're talking about now, this connection to soul and, and to another, that really the only path to, to getting there is first diving to the depths of your own. So I'd love to kind of hear what that journey for you was just recently in Costa Rica and what you, you connected to while you were there. Yeah. I mean, I think so often we cope by being on our phones, by scrolling through Instagram, by talking to friends, by going out, by numbing ourselves with this thing and that thing and this thing and that thing to do. Again, it's doing, doing, doing versus being in stillness, in boredom, in silence, in the quiet, where you're in nature and all of a sudden the boredom doesn't become boring. It becomes like actually like so satisfying and so like deeply nourishing to be just in my own company and just to like actually have the space to ask myself, who am I right now? Like, who am I today, 11 years outside of after my marriage? Who do I want to be in relationship to myself, to another relationally in, in the realm of romantic, to my friends, to my family? Like, how do I want to be? And it's very difficult to have to have those questions be answered tr- truthfully and actually truly when there's no space to do that. And, and I, I just find that to be the most worthwhile time spent to spend a good amount of time on our own to really have that inquiry because without it, we're just on autopilot and we're just knee jerking whatever reaction we've had. And we're just playing out the same stuff that we've been playing. And the whole point of getting out of a marriage or trying something new is to enter into a new space ourselves, right? So for me, I want to sit into the upgrade of like what I really long for, like what I want, who am I? And, you know, what keeps coming up is like more love, more love. Like how can I unlock more love inside? How can my knee jerk be like a heart jerk? Like you know, at, instead of reacting, how does my heart speak first instead of my head, right? And that's like, you know, something that I really want to get to. That's beautiful. I'm on a, a quest for that too. How, how how does my knee jerk, I like that. I'm going to put that one in my back, my back pocket. How does it become more of a heart jerk? I love that. Following along your journey, I have been in complete awe of the consistent, constant, just boldness of who you are at your essence, just un, 
unapologetically showing up truly as a disruptor. So one, I want to start with the question of, has that always been like, you know, even like in childhood, how you were? You know, as I was thinking, as I'm thinking a lot about here, my six-year-old and sort of like his, like raising him and like what that looks like and feels like and how I kind of now contrast that to my own life and just thinking about like what what is it that made made me me and like how can I help shape him in a way that's really positive for the world Uh, I thought about a lot about like the luck that I had with coming from a Japanese mother an Indian father growing French Montreal in like English North America right so like there's this I really got to have from birth for perspectives at least. And we grew up in very multicultural Canada. And so there's always multiple perspectives on any topic that we can just debate on. And there was never like, this is the way it is. Because if you're born in a certain, if you're just Indian or just Japanese or just American or just French, then you grow up with a pretty insular perspective. And then you have to really work at like getting yourself out of like the way you've been raised. And like, this is the way the Polish people do it. This is the way the Jewish people do it. This is the way, whatever, you know, like everyone does it their own ways. Whereas we, my sister, my family, we grew up with just like constantly debating what the perspective is. And, and because of that, we never subscribe. I never subscribed to like, this is the way it is. It's like, oh, I can decide for myself what makes the most sense because whatever was created was simply made up by random people hundreds of years ago that created society. And I have agency and total autonomy to decide what feels good and right for me. And, you know, as long as it's not violent or, you know, whatever, like I can just do that. And so I think we just being born in the space of debate and questioning everything always gave us space to open our perspective and aperture to like inquire and say, and think disruptively, I guess. Yeah. I, I just feel like as you're talking, it's like this creator was just instilled into you because of this, this just idea of freedom, because it was this freedom of thought, freedom of being, and just I mean, you could change on a dime if you wanted to, if it just didn't fit anymore, which is an absolutely beautiful thing. So how that has me now curious because with your son, right? You said he's six, right? Hero. Yeah. yeah. How are you doing that with him? How are you bringing that forth? And like, if you could like, I don't know, a mom listening that has a, a young, a young child, it's like, so how do I do that? How do I bring that freedom and just openness to that relationship as a mother and a child? Yeah, I think it just starts with like my own freedom and he just witnesses me being free. And because of that, he just is free as a result. So like he questions me all the time because I question everything all the time. And so he now questions me. He's like, mama, you're the boss of your life. I'm the boss of my life. There are no bosses here. And he says all, I mean, he says the darndest things. I mean, he just, and he's six and you know, he, he's incredibly wise. Like he knows what he wants. I'm teaching him a lot about thinking creatively, thinking inventively. Oftentimes on most mornings when we're at home, he has to draw me a couple of inventions that, you know, that things that do something, you know, before we have breakfast. And he just Mm -hmm. has built this very inventive mind 
because he's been given the freedom to be like, go create something that supports the planet, go make something that's a robot that does something and go create, you know? And so I think he just, is like, wow, I can just make anything, you know? And I think that there's a lot of liberation in that. So he, I think he knows, like we're working on a toy shop right now in Austin, Texas, and he's going to take all of his like little cars that he has and paint them gold and make like heroes cars and then like sell them. And we're talking about pricing and thinking about profit and like how to like charge and how much it costs and like margin looks like. And so like, that. he's just, I love this. And he's just like learning. He was like, he did Andrew, my, my ex-husband was like, uh, hero, hero told me something the other day. And of course it came from you, but hero said to me, uh, data, I'm, I'm going to be really good at business or something like that. And he's like, why? He goes, because I've learned that you have to spend less than you earn. That's how you make money, you know? And it's just like, he's just getting concepts. Like, it's like, okay, if I give you a hundred dollar bill and you make $200 of that and you give me the hundred back, you get to keep $100. And he like, likes the idea of like, making money to buy himself more toys or like to do things with it. So he's just already learning like how it works. And I honestly, like when I was 11, my dad taught us how to budget. And he was like, this is what a budget looks like. This is how you think about budgeting. And as a result, I've never had credit card debt. I've never, because I've always spent less than I brought out my sister and I, we used to always like find ways in New York city to like have, you know, dinner and a movie for like $10 each. Like on Tuesdays, there was like blockbuster movie night for $5. You can watch any new releases for five bucks. And then we went to this like Thai restaurant and had this huge chicken pad Thai that we split. That was $10. We was like with tip. So it was like five bucks each for like, and we shared half, half because there's so much. And so we'd have dinner and a movie, like a full night for 10 bucks, you know? And we would just save our money and save and save. And people would be like, oh, it's so hard to save. No, not if you're disciplined. You know, you spend less than you earn. Like we always manage, even if I earned zero, like very little money as an entrepreneur in the very beginning, you know, I, I learned that value and it has served me in all my companies. Like, you know, thanks to Tushy, we've raised very little money and have scaled huge, huge businesses because of that deep value, you know? Yeah. So yeah, so I, I see that instilled already at this early age in Hero. And I'm just, I'm just excited to see love that running lean and the idea of inventions in the morning that actually made me think of it's like child version of morning pages exactly (laughs) and he literally he's come up with stuff like like what jeff bezos is doing like he's like sending his trash to outer space literally hero one of his inventions was there's so much trash everywhere could we send that to outer space and i was like we should first of all minimize trash and that's an invention that Jeff Bezos is working on. And he just came up with it on his own, you know? Oh, so my gosh. Love like, like he's just, his ideas are, are really cool. It's just fun to. Maybe Jeff needs to bring him on as a consultant, right? <laughs> right. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. I love this. What a great conversation. Okay. So what does this next season and next chapter look for, look like for you in terms of business and being? Yeah. I mean, so obviously I'm building Tushy right now. I sold things. Tushy is, you know, sort of the razor focus to get to, you know, like row to hundred million in one year of revenue. And we've, we've, you know, we've done over well over nine figures total as a company, but now it's like, how do we like roadmap to like make that in one year, which is like yeah. a milestone for us. And, and how do we do that the most efficiently? 
exceptionally profitably. You know, most companies have raised a ton of money. We've raised very, very little, and we've been able to still do nine figures of business for having raised almost nothing, you know? So how do we stay focused on scaling? What kind of new products can we create that people really need that support like the next iteration, what the American bathroom looks like? And so that's something that I'm really, really interested in and we're focusing on. And then my new company, which is called Hero Technologies, is really looking at solving the global plastic crisis with mushrooms. And and so we'll we'll talk about that at, at another time. But it's oh, a, okay, we're coming back. I can't wait. I'm like, ooh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a big one. And I'm really, you know, excited about that. Focus right now is Tushy to really get it to that next level. And in the meantime, there's just a lot of research happening in the background for Hero. So there's not a lot for me to do except for be the cheerleader for the scientists that are on the team. We have, we have really, really insane science team on the on the case. So uh, yeah, and then personally, you know, I've I've had some definite love stories after the the ending of my marriage, and it's been really, really nourishing and incredible to feel so much desire, so much love, so much reverence, so much, yeah, it's been like really, really revelatory for me. And, uh, and, um, you know, I went to the doctors and, you know, got a bunch of blood work, just to check my level of my hormones, my AMH levels, my TSH, my T3, D4. And the doctor was like, what have you done this year? Like, what are you doing? My, my AMH levels, my egg quality is like my eggs are actually reversed in age to like before my kid was born. So like I actually have like, it's wild. And so it's, I'm also taking NAD, which is a huge thing that reverses your egg quality. There's, anyway, there's lots of studies around that too, but, um, but uh, yeah, like just my body feels so like potent and so like alive. And I think it's just, Oh, I think I'm just attracting, like, it's just been an incredible, an incredible post moment for me. And I'm just now kind of settling into myself and like who, like, you know, what I'm, what I'm calling. And I have, you know, I've definitely, uh, it's, yeah, there's, there's a lot more there, but I will, I will pause. I will, I will. Yeah. There's just, it's been amazing. Put it that way. I can feel the potency, the like magnetic sort of quality to your, your energy. And it just, you know, you're, you're truly glowing. (laughs) So a couple, I I know that right now you actually have a pretty cool exhibit going on in, in New York city, right? Happening tonight. Actually. Yes, I know. (laughs) Because well, you're welcome to join, but and anyone who's in town, who's, I mean, obviously this will be airing after, but we yeah, we're, we're doing this like activation called the asshole activists. And we basically have 20 of our customers literally came to have their assholes photographed in the most gorgeous reverential way and blown up into these black and white photographs. And we're doing this incredible gallery exhibit. They look like literally like sea creatures. Like you can't even yes. tell what they are. And it's just, Again, destigmatizing something that's every human has and that we've considered shameful and kind of threw away. Meanwhile, this part of our body literally, you know, excretes the part, the things that our body doesn't need. It feels pleasure, creates life, you know, it's just the most like potent part of our being. And yet we neglect it because it's kind of weird looking, which it's not. It's beautiful. Every part of our being is beautiful. And so I'm almost like now really, really 
thinking about Tushy as a beauty product because it really is about whole body health and wellness. And we care so much about our health and wellness. And yet that part of our body is still very neglect. We're using dry paper to smear poop around and it's causing chronic urinary tract infections, hemorrhoids, fissures, itching, all these bacterial vaginal, like all the stuff that could be simply prevented by using just water to wash yourself like you do with everything else that needs to be cleaned in your life. And so just really, really kind of bringing bidets to America and helping save 15 million trees while upgrading your health and hygiene, like that stuff matters to me, like truly. It's been a quest, you know, a quest for a really, really long time for America to adopt a bidet. And I think Tushy is like the most poised to really, really make that happen to change culture in this country. And so these kinds of events are really about destigmatizing the parts of our body that should not be ashamed of, that we should be celebrating and grateful for and reverent, like really reverential towards. And so, yeah, so we're doing an activation at my sister's club. My sister at Daybreaker, she started Daybreaker, which is an early morning. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. And she and and her team and her partners opened up a club in Soho called the Secret Soho Social Club. and. Um, it's just Studio 54 art project. That's a three month pop-up and it's the most epic, you know, uh, sort of ode to New York City, a space, you know, an incredible space to gather and create these epic, epic musical and, you know, wild experiences like painting bodies. Like there's just so many different different activities every single night that's happening in New York City, like Ella Studio 54 that's kind of revived the city's culture. It's been so amazing. So we're hosting the event there tonight. Oh is- my gosh. And my restaurant yeah. Wild is is doing the catering. So it's like a full family affair, you know? Oh my gosh, I love that. So all of this is really making me think about, I mean, your journey when I was kind of looking back, because I didn't know that you started out actually in, in banking. And I also didn't know that you played soccer competitively. We share this a little bit of the same story here in tearing our OCL in, in college. So we share that. But I, as I started looking, I was like, wow, you are truly a multi-hyphenate, multi-passionate, multi-talented woman. And that takes, I mean, just to be able to put your toes in all of these different arenas, that takes like big bigness right big big bold energy so there had to have been along your journey someone that was a true super expander for you I'm sure there were there were many but I'd love to hear a story a super expander story I mean it's just crystal clear my super expander is my twin sister (laughs) and you know obviously my family my parents my older sister like my you know they're the closest people who really gave me wings but my twins just having a twin where we, we stay from the womb to the tomb, you know, that's our saying to one another. And like, we have this crazy art exhibit that we're going to do on the, when we decide to die one day, we decide we're going to do like, throw our, put ourselves in human cannonballs and, put, you know, like do a full art exhibit of us. Like, anyways, it's a crazy thing that we're going to do. So stay tuned when we're 150 years old, but just having a cheerleader in every step of your life, like having someone be like, oh, I love that idea. I'm going to be your like, biggest ticket purchaser of Daybreaker or she's like I will tell everyone about Tushy Tushy's changed my life like you know like your album is my favorite album in the whole entire world and I'm just like oh my god like everything you've created Daybreaker is life like so we just we just celebrate the shit out of each other and champion each other in ways that 
give us both wings. And I think when it comes to truly super expanding, I think two people, if, if, if someone has a sister or a friend or someone that you're just like, yes, like, love it. Like, I'm so in like that just is like, just gives you energy and gives you life. And it just really, it's like, it's, it's the most transformational thing, I think, if, if if that kind of relationship gets cultivated because you can truly exponentially, exponentially super expand with someone who's just like, 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 you know, like putting wind behind your sails, you know? Yeah. Fanning your flame. Oh my gosh. I get chill. I got chills when you were saying that. Cause I'm just thinking about how, when someone does that for you, the courage that you find within yourself and those moments of like, is this a good idea? Should I do this? You know, should I, I'm excited about it, but is it a bad idea? Like, because yeah. we have those, that voice in our head, yeah. but if you have someone now, how cool is it that she looks just like you looking right back at you? It's like, you're just like this mirror image. <laughs> But, but then she'll also be like, ooh, I don't like, there's certain things that, that don't feel good. Then you have someone to mirror back, like honest feedback as well. But, and oftentimes the ideas that we bring forward are like kind of wild and weird that we're just both like, yeah, let's do it. You know, we both, we co-founded things with our third, with our friend Antonia. And so it's sort of like, yeah, like period underwear. Like it's, you know, like when people are like, oh, I would never believe in that, you know? So it's just sort of like, how do we champion the best things that we all need? It ultimately starts with, you know, a need, right? I actually wrote a couple of books. My book, Do Cool Shit, talks about the three questions to ask yourself before starting a business. And then my second book, Disruptor, is really about, I mean, just Do Cool Shit is really about going from step zero to step one in business and life. And it's like really the story of knowing how to do nothing to really building something from the ground up. And then Disruptor is almost a precursor because you have to, it's really about, disrupting every area in your life that you thought was pretty like this is how it is but then you're like wait a minute the realm of money and friendship and love and romance and career in like just every area in your life can I actually look at them from the lens of, of disruption and the answer is yes like where does the why does society tell me this is the way it is where this societal context comes from and then saying like here's how you can disrupt it for yourself so that's what the so so in my book, Do Cool Shit, I asked myself three questions before starting any business. And the first is like, what sucks in my world? The second is a suck for a lot of people. And the third, can I be passionate about this for a really long time? And so like before we start any company, we both ask ourselves that question. And, and so that's before we start. So it weeds oh out ideas. Yeah. It does. And I love the, the framing, the language in those because it just simplifies everything. I think so many people as are thinking about a business that oh, everything gets so overcomplicated and we forget to come back to the, if you're going to have a successful business, it has to solve a problem. And the first place to look, if you're going to be an expert on something is the problem you're experiencing. And then ask, is this just me? Yeah. Most of the times, no. <laughs> and, if Most of the just, times. and if it is just me, then I'm a prima donna and it's not going to be business because no one cares, you know? Yeah. But it, there's some healing to do, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Oh my goodness. I love this. I'm going to make sure that the links to your books are in the show notes so everyone can go down and grab them. I can't believe that they don't have them already. If they don't, then, you know, just slide down and, there. To... And by the way, Tushy is hellotushy.com. Don't go to tushy.com. It's a very, very graphic anal porn site. Oh. I support whole body health. It's pretty graphic. So I would just make sure it's hellotushy.com. 
Yes, I will make sure Hello Tushy is down there too, because we are on a mission as the Super Expander Podcast to help you get that, you know, nine figure goal in the already hit it, but in the one year context. So I would like to be a small contributor in helping you (laughs) get there in the audience. Yeah. So we'll make sure that is all down in, in the show notes too. So many juicy nuggets of wisdom all laced throughout this podcast. But if you had just one more to share, what would it be? I think we often forget that when we're starting something or going into something, we're just like busy. I can't meet up. I don't have time for dinner. I don't have time to go to your thing. I don't have time for this. I don't have time for that. I think the most important thing we can do is even when we're in the thick of the things that we're doing, is to show up for our friends and to be there for them in their big moments in their lives, because that's really at the end of the day, what's most important. And when and it's not because, you know, you're not doing it for tit for tat reasons, but I will say that when you're going through really, really challenging times, like having a group of like tight community and friends around you to really lift you back up. We talk about super expanding, like my friends have also beyond my sister, but my friends have been like the deepest super expanders of mine, of my life and, and my family, but my friends, my chosen family, I would say like, they really, really lift me up in ways that, um, that, that you can't buy. Right. And so that requires time, energy. You know, my sister and I, for example, we throw a birthday party every year and we take all of our friends somewhere cool for four days. And like, you know, as a celebration of, of life and, and, you know, we, we, we kind of were able to sell our company. And so we take our friends places every year, like in a way there's a give back, you know, to our community. And so we hope that our, our friends are the same way. We all support each other. We all elevate each other, lift each other up and, champion each other. And so my biggest recommendation and the deepest, um, like, like if there's one thing is to like show up for your people and show up for your friends. And if you don't have any, like go make friends and go take people, you know, say like my mom's gumbo, or I'm going to cook my daddy's doll recipe and come for dinner and start organizing gatherings and start really, really building friendships because that that's, really what matters and it's and it's what gets you through every hard moment in your in life so yeah it takes effort and and you have to put yourself out there but it's all worth it oh my gosh such such great advice such such good stuff I appreciate you so much. I know that you are a busy busy woman and Mm -hmm. I just wanted to let you know that I am just from the bottom of my heart so grateful that you're here. It's been great and congrats. I have so many more questions about you being 20 year old mom and what that was like. And we'll get into that another time, but congrats on raising a beautiful child and for, you know, for being able to be almost like a parent peer. And, you know, it's just so epic to be a young mom. Like that's one, I would say like one thing I would love to, it's like to maybe popped out a couple early, but it would probably change the course of my life too. And, you know, and And that's just so, it's very cool that you have that experience. Thank you so much. We'll catch you on the next episode. We shall. (laughs) Like a fire needs oxygen and fuel. You're not meant to reach your goals alone. Your missing part could be as simple as finding the right community. And if it's not my community, there's definitely the right one out there for you. If you're looking for a place to start, check out the link in the show notes and let this community help you breathe in fresh oxygen.